Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. Good morning. Man, how great it is to be in the house of the Lord this morning. God is so good, and what, what an honor and what a privilege it is to be in his house to praise and worship him today. And we're glad you're here. I want to take this opportunity to welcome any guests that may be with us today, and I want to t get everybody. Go ahead and tear that tab off the bulletin. Let's hear it. I don't hear them. We're working on it. Good. I can begin to hear them. But if you're uh, visiting with us today for the first time, second time, third time, uh, whatever time, if you've not filled out one of these, we need to get some information from you because we want to get to know you uh, and give you the opportunity to, to get to know us and ask some questions. So please fill out that welcome side and drop it off in the offering plate. And on the back side of that is a prayer request form, and that is for all of us who may have some prayer requests. If you will drop those off in the offering plate, and uh, we'll uh, get those to where they need to be and be uh, joining in you in prayer about whatever's going on in your life or the life of a loved one or a friend. You can also use this slip, welcome or prayer side, as a care request. And care is our uh, ministry where we reach out to anyone in need, be it by card, encouraging, phone call. Uh, prayer, uh, if there's some hands-on needs that we need to be aware of, we get those took care of through care as well, and that meets each week. And just to put a plug in, by the way, if you are on C-Team, we're going to meet this afternoon at 4 o'clock. C-Team, C-Care Team will meet this afternoon at 4 o'clock due to the holiday week this week coming up. They want to go ahead and get that done, so meet in the care room at 4 o'clock this afternoon. I invite you to grab your bulletin and just um, look over a few things Going on this week, want to make note of this beautiful arrangement and a wonderful occasion and celebrating um, Dr. Jean and Miss Billy's 60th wedding anniversary, and they've got family with them today, and I know you'll want to speak a word of encouragement and, uh, to them. Glad to have Cecilia back with us this morning, and she'll be sharing our mission moment, but please note the prayer thought to pray for her this week. On the back of the bulletin, is a list of things going on for the week. Note there will be no evening service tonight. And there will be no prayer meeting on Wednesday. There will be choir practice, though. There will be choir practice at 6 o'clock. So choir members make, make note of that. Know that the children's ministry will be going this week to uh, the Shield Museum tomorrow. If you haven't signed up, please sign up outside my office door or text or call me and let me know that you're coming so that I don't leave you in the morning. Because if I don't know if you're going, when 8.30 comes around and I've got the people that I know about, I'm pulling out. So just... I'm going to give you a word there. Um, this has been a fantastic week of Vacation Bible School, and we've appreciated your prayers. Just real quick this morning, if before I do that, I'm going to recognize Julie Daves and Elena Bryson. I need you all to stand up. We need to give them a round of applause for being our directors this week. They did an outstanding job of coordinating volunteers. And if you volunteered in Vacation Bible School this week, be it taught, assisted, worked with snacks, worked recreation, did music, if you volunteered this week, I'm going to ask you to stand. Thank you. Thank you all for all that you did this week. We had an, an average nightly attendance of about 108. 
with a total enrollment of 176 uh, for the week. So it was a fantastic week, and I know that many seeds were planted, and we continue to pray for the harvest, and that um, children and, and all of us grow, continue to grow uh, in the Lord. I want to draw your attention down to the bottom on the back side of your bulletin, Youth Summer Activities. Uh, says something about Mission Serve. Mission Serve is an organization that the youth have done mission trips with for the past uh, seven years or so. And they're actually doing a project in Shelby. And we are going to be hosting a team during that week. So in other words, that team will worship with us on uh, the morning uh, that their projects begin July the 12th, I believe, is when that will be. And then we're going to feed them lunch here in, uh, here at the church. And then we will be taking them meals during the week. So if your Sunday school class would volunteer to take Monday, Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday to fix lunches for about 12 to 15 people, uh, let me know so that I can get a schedule made for the week so maybe we can kind of spread out the duties Monday through Friday uh, during that week of mission serve. All right, well, we're going to continue in worship this morning, and I'm going to recognize uh, Cecilia Beck to come and share with us about her uh, mission in Shelby. She is just a wonderful individual doing a great work in Shelby, and we're glad to have her with us this morning. see a lot of familiar faces this morning. Thank you for letting me come and share just a minute about what's been going on in Shelby, uh, Northeast Shelby, the weed and seed neighborhood. Um, this church has individually and corporately supported me throughout the time that I've been there, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, I've been there now five and a half years and been living in the neighborhood for a little over four years. And um, I'll just give kind of an overview of the things that I do. Number one is to provide transportation. I take people to church, to work, to school when they miss the bus, uh, to the drugstore, to the grocery store, to the hospital. I've taken uh, kids to the hospital to get stitches and take them back afterwards to get them out. Um, uh, just whatever, whatever people need. I take them to visit their families. I've taken them to the jail to visit family. I've taken them to the jail to turn themselves in. Uh, just wherever. Um, on Saturday mornings during wrestling season, I take them to the Shelby High School at 5.30 Saturday morning so they can go on, uh, go to wrestling matches or track meets or whatever. Um, We've also been helping provide children with the opportunities to be in Boy Scouts, uh, to participate in school sports, school band concerts, uh, provide transportation for that, and also pay the fees so they can go on band trips, school trips, swimming lessons at City Park, day camps, and church activities. Um, last week somebody said I was a soccer mom for 20 kids, and that pretty much describes it. <laughs> I'm on the go a lot. And my van this morning, I left a little early because I'm not sure it was going to make it this morning. And my other van is in the shop, so I drive a lot. Um, when I first started living and working in Shelby, I was partnering with a little church plant there in the neighborhood. And I uh, was involved, had a lot of the kids involved in that and with Bible study and uh, fun blasts and that kind of thing. And then that little church closed, and in the meantime, some of the kids had been going with me to First Baptist Church, to uh, Bible school and to special activities. Well, some of the kids started asking me if they could go with me on a regular basis. So we started off with a few, and as they became involved, they started inviting their friends. So that now, on Sunday mornings, I have at least 12 youth 
and is, have had as many as 18 to 20 uh, children and youth going to First Baptist Church. Uh, all of the youth are involved in the choir. Um, three boys play handbells in the youth choir, youth handbell choir. Uh, there, several of them sing in a separate uh, worship ensemble. Three went to passport camp last week. One young lady is going to be uh, touring with the, this is a mouthful, North Carolina Baptist All-State Youth Choir in the next few weeks. Two are leaving tomorrow for Samford University for Animate, which is a worship and arts experience. And many of them have gone to Caswell. They've been on CBF North Carolina ski retreats and learned how to ski for the first time. Uh, and are involved in numerous acts of service uh, through the youth group and through the church. We have uh, three boys who have been volunteering to keep entertain children while their parents are in ESL classes. And this past, uh, we've had our Bible school, VBS, uh, Friday, Saturday, and this afternoon. And a number of our youth are helping uh, in that this week, at, um, assisting the Bible school teachers. And um, the thing is, I ha I, it's my responsibility to arrange everything that they do and every part of it. Um, as, we, as Wesley, I'm sure, when he plans a youth activity, he sends out an email and to all the parents and all the youth, and they get the email and they have the information. These kids don't have email. They don't have, they don't have internet. A few of them might, there's one that regularly has a phone that works. And uh, the rest of them depend on me to get them the information they need on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to provide all the information they need, all the forms that they need to get filled out to make sure the funds are paid, uh, all deposits are paid, the forms are in on time, and to make sure they have the appropriate clothing and equipment, suitcases, underwear, you name it, whatever they need to go on a trip, uh, it's my, it falls on me to make sure they have that. And um, so I'm usually making lots of flyers or copying the flyers from the church to make sure everybody knows what's going on and then um, helping make sure they get to those places at the right time. Uh, of the youth who've been attending, we um, have six who have joined First Baptist Church, two have been baptized, uh, with a couple of others uh, in process of uh, candidates for baptism. Also throughout the school year on Wednesday nights, we've gotten to as many as 26 youth and children and adults going with me on Wednesday nights for supper, um, uh, Bible study, youth choir, children's activities. It's an average of 20, never less than 20, but we've had as many as 26. And First Baptist has starting sending, started sending a bus to help uh, arrange all the transportation for that. And um, other aspects of the ministry are homework club uh, on Tuesdays at the um, little church down the street, which has reopened as another congregation. I help provide funeral meals, hygiene items, food at all times of the day and night. Um, this week I helped a homeless woman get into the shelter and yesterday I tried to help her with some food when she got evicted from the shelter. And um, we provide school supplies, backpacks full of school supplies, and then I keep school supplies at my house at all times because the kids run out, they don't have the money to go and buy the paper and the pencils and the poster board or whatever it is they need. So I keep school supplies at my house so they can um, have what they need when they need it. And, um, 
but mostly what I do is provide hospitality. There are kids in my house all the time. When I'm not there, they're on my porch. Uh, they might not have telephones, but they all have some kind of electronic device that will hook up to Wi-Fi. And they hook into my Wi-Fi. My porch is usually full, and if it's really hot and I'm at home and not uh, tied up with something else, they're inside the house uh, on the Wi-Fi and on the computer that I have that they can use and playing the piano and whatever else they can think of that they'd like to do, playing games and that kind of thing. I provide constant uh, supply of snacks, water, bathroom, whatever it is they might need at the moment. And um, this past couple of weeks, I've been giving out ice cream cones. And they all the word has spread. I've given out a lot of ice cream cones. Um, but I also provide a listening ear to adults and, and youth. I've had youth come to my door, knock on the door, and ask for me to pray for them because they were having trouble at school. Um, with uh, relationships with the police, with different things. Um, I have uh, adults come and ask for prayer, uh, knock on my door and stop me on the street, ask me to pray for them. Um, and I've opened my door in the middle of the night to people who have come to my door most of the time needing food. And so um, I'm, it's a 24-7 kind of thing. And... Um, my vision is to continue to be there as long as God wants me to be there, to be a helper, to be a friend to my neighbors, and to help them know that God really does love them. Up until January 1st of this year, I also worked full-time as a hospice chaplain in addition to doing all of those things. And, uh, but I began raising support last year, and by the end of December, I had enough to last for six months. So I now only work two days a week for hospice. And uh, three days a week I'm at home, and this summer has really been eye-opening to be at home when the kids are out of school. They were on my porch before, as soon as they got off the bus the last day of school, and they've been there ever since. Um, it's just a constant stream of kids um, at, at my house. And I'm hoping that at some point I'll have enough funds, enough partners, that I won't have to work at hospice anymore. It's still very difficult to do all of that at the same time. And um, just that is my vision. Uh, that was my vision never included having two full-time ministries. It always included just having one. <laughs> but the, the way that it worked out, that's, um, that's just the way it has worked. And if you uh, kind of a glimpse of what effect this might be having on the children and youth that come in contact um, with me or with our ministry every day is that um, yesterday I was taking a little, bit, little boy home from Bible school and I asked him if he'd had a good time and he said, yes, I had fun and I learned about God at the same time. And then a couple years ago I was picking up some boys from wrestling practice at the high school and had, been, had a car full of kids. I always added more. When I go, I have a little van and a big van and I always end up taking home whoever needs a ride. And one of the boys that I've been with, I've um, been with him and his family since August of 2010, the very first summer I was there, I met them. And um, because of uh, opportunities that he's had, he's been to the ocean for the first time, he went to Boy Scout camp, he's gone to, got to go on his school trip to the Outer Banks, he's been on numerous um, retreats, casual, and those kinds of things. And just out of the blue, after picking them up from wrestling, he said, Miss Beck, I think God sent you here to help us. 
I thought, yeah, I'll stay another day then. <laughs> it was very encouraging. But I thank you for partnering with me, and I just really look forward to seeing how God's going to use us working together to grow his kingdom and to encourage our neighbors in the years to come. Thank you so much. Good morning. I need you to take a couple of different things. First of all, if you'll take your hymnal and turn to 147, we're going to be singing that secondly, not first, so we'll be singing that second. So 147. And then if you'll take the bulletin that's got the words to the song that we're going to be singing initially, which is, You Are My King, and talk about the amazing love that our God has for us so much that he died for us. And that's what both of these songs are about. Let's stand as we sing. First of all, the one in the bulletin, and then 147. i 
all the kids to come on down for children's time. Anybody else? All right, you two get to be, since y'all are first, y'all get to be my examples. All right? So I need you to come over here, Grady and Avery. We almost got just enough to make this even. All right, I'm going to give you five seconds. All right. Grady and Avery, I'm going to give you five seconds, and I'm going to take, take those blocks that are down there, and I want to see who can build the tallest tower. Are you ready? On your mark, get set, go. Stop. Hmm. That's interesting. Had two different forms of, of building there. Good. Just really quickly, and not that this really matters, but whose is the sturdiest? It would appear that Grady's is the sturdiest. Um, Avery's is probably going to fall if it gets one more block on it. Um, but good job. Great. Do y'all like doing that? Y'all like seeing how tall you can get stuff up? And then what do you like to do when it's all said and done? Oh, come on, be honest. Make it fall. Make it fall. <laughs> you won't knock it over. Well, good. Well, I tell you what, I'm gonna, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but early in the book of Genesis, there is a story about a tower. And I don't know if you ever heard about this tower or not, but it's called the Tower of Babel. Now, it's interesting that it, it gets this name. Have you ever uh, heard the term babbling? When, when somebody says you babble, what are they basically saying? You talk a lot or you make no sense. You're just babbling. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Well, at this point in creation, mankind has begun to multiply and there are a um, large group of people. And in chapter 11 of the book of Genesis, we hear that the whole world speaks one language. And everybody understands one another. One language. But you know what they got together and did? In verse 3 of chapter 11, it says, They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. They said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. So they wanted to build this big tower, build this big city, so that they could be great, was basically what they wanted to be. They wanted to be great. And God saw this, and it wasn't what he wanted for mankind. So you know what he does? Scripture tells us in chapter 11 that at this point, he scatters them all over the earth and he gives them different languages so that they are no longer able to communicate easily with one another. Why would God do that? You see, mankind wanted something for themselves. They used the resources that God had given them to build something great for themselves. It was selfish. They wanted to be great. They hadn't even really discussed it to talk about if it was a good thing, if it was going to be good for their relationship with God. It didn't matter. They just wanted to be great. You know, and sometimes I'm afraid we build a lot of things 
just to be great. And that's not what we should be about. We should be taking and using the things that God gives us to bring glory and honor to God. So think about everything that we do, be it at school, be it in relationships, be it in sports. It's not always about being the best. It's not always about winning. But it's always about pointing people to God and how great God is. Because when we begin to recognize that everything that we're using is God's anyway, we need to make sure that He gets the credit for it, that He gets the glory for it. So I don't care how tall you build a tower or even how big of a church you build, if it's not pointing people to God, if it's not about God, then it's no good. It cannot be about us, but it's got to be about God. Let's pray. God, help us to use everything that you have given us to point people to you, to make your name great, to let people know that you are awesome, that you love us, that you love us enough to send Jesus to die for us. But God, help us not to let it be about us, ever. But it's always about you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Before I pray this morning, one of the greatest ministries, being new to Boiling Springs Baptist, one of the greatest ministries that I've seen coming in, you have many, but one of the great ones is the care ministry. Many of you are involved in the care ministry by sending cards, making calls, making visits. One of the pieces of the care ministry that recently was introduced uh, and is now given the name, I believe, Cup of Cold Water, is a, is a ministry that would enable people who maybe need their yard mowed, maybe need a gutter fixed or gutters cleaned out or uh, maybe transportation to a doctor, hospital, whatever it may be. But um, we have people, many of you, who have signed up to help in some of these ways. But what Bob Blackburn uh, in care ministry would like is a leader for the cup of cold water ministry. Uh, you would not need to do everything that comes in. So you would not need to be mowing all the yards, cleaning out all the gutters and taking all the people to the doctor. But what we have a list of people who have signed up, who have said they would be willing to do these things. But what the leader of the cup of cold water ministry would be doing is coordinating that these things get done. Um, it would be someone preferably that knew the church fairly well, that knew the people. Uh, you would be given a list of phone numbers and emails and resources. And so if you um, receive information about a need, then you would look at your list and call somebody who you knew could help, uh, could help meet this need. So if, if you would have an interest in being that coordinator for a cup of cold water, or maybe you and another person tag-teaming that ministry, uh, being the leaders together, please talk with me or Bob Blackburn, and we would love to plug you in and be able to, uh, to take care of those needs as they arise. So um, we certainly appreciate your thoughts and prayers about that. But uh, let's go to the Lord now in a word of prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for your presence with us here today. Lord, we're thankful for the great building that we have to meet in this morning that we refer to as Boiling Springs Baptist Church. But Father, remind us this morning that we, the people, are Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Lord, help us to move forward with that in our minds and in our hearts as we continue in worship this morning. Thank you for each one who helped this last week with Vacation Bible School, for our directors, for our teachers, for the kids who were present, the parents who brought them. 
those who helped in any way. Lord, I'm thankful that seeds were planted, that kids were introduced to stories that they had never heard before this week. Lord, that you are tilling the ground, that you're preparing the hearts of these children and the workers, Lord, to receive more of you in the days ahead. Father, open up our hearts and our minds to hear what you would have to speak to us today. We each come in here today with different things that could distract us and maybe are distracting us this morning. Father, we confess that, and Lord, we acknowledge that we need you to steal our hearts and to steal our minds so that we can hear clearly from you. Meet us today, Father, at the point of our need. You are the only one who knows that many times better than ourselves. And so, Father, meet us today at the point of our need. Challenge us, convict us, encourage us. And, Father, when we leave here today, may we say it's good to have been in your house. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our next hymn is 350. We talk about the building, but not the structure of the, the mortar, the bricks and, and steel and everything, but what the church is, like he said, is the people. And the church's one foundation is that of Jesus Christ. Let's stand as we sing, 350. join me in prayer. Lord, as we come to this time in our worship service to take our offering and our tithes, help us 
to remember that you own everything and that it is only a portion that you've asked back. Lord, may the, the gifts that are given, may they be used for your glory and your honor. And may, uh, may our hearts have that attitude of, of, of gratitude and just joy that we have the money, the resources to give back to you. We love you, and we want to show it through our gifts. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you, Paul and Choir and Cheryl and Roger. If you have your Bibles this morning, there's three scriptures that are listed there in your program this morning. And as we've been talking about building some this morning already, I have some things up here in a box before we read scripture. Aiden and I were at Lowe's yesterday, Lowe's Hardware. We have a Lowe's grocery store in King, so that's why I felt, or in Winston, so I don't think you have Lowe's grocery around here. But while we were there, we picked up a little kit, and it's a kit. It actually is a, is a monster truck, but right now it's in pieces, and there's a lot of little pieces. There's a lot of nails, and I've got small hammer, and I've got a big hammer. I've got everything that you need, Aiden, to put this thing together. And I think some others behind you have some instructions. And so uh, during the sermon this morning, you may hear some assembling and some nailing and some activity in the section of our sanctuary over here. So um, this will go along with the sermon this morning. So Aiden, I'm going to ask you to come up here. And I think uh, Lee and Jay are going to help you. And any others are welcome to jump in. But you guys go ahead and take this and get to work this morning. And I want to see what you can do by the end of the sermon time. Is that all right? Yeah, you can do it anywhere right here on the floor, the tile or carpet, wherever you want to do it. You guys help yourself, and I'll be up here doing my thing. (laughs) And you guys work on that. But if you have your Bibles, and uh, being three different scriptures in different places, some of you may want to mark these and reference them later. But I'm going to read through them uh, each this morning. Psalm 127, verse 1, says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, Paul writes, For we are God's fellow workers. And I've put in there co-laborers, depending on which translation you have, may say that. We are God's fellow co-workers, his co-laborers. You are God's field, God's building. And then in Matthew 9, 37, the famous words of Jesus saying to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers, laborers, if you will, into his harvest. Let's pray this morning. Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. It was the spring of 1996, and I had just graduated from Garden Web University. And I was headed to First Baptist High Point for a summer internship. Did not know where I was going with my life. I knew that God had called me into ministry. And as far as I was concerned, that would always be youth ministry, education. The pastorate wasn't necessarily on my radar those first few years when I knew that I was called to ministry. I had a lot of other things in ministry that I enjoyed doing. And I thought, the pastor, that sounds like a pretty big responsibility. And I'm not sure that that's where I'm headed. Uh, The Lord had different plans, and so years later you see that he's orchestrated some different things, now served as pastor of three churches, and um, excited about uh, what he has done and what he's doing in my life. But that summer, when I was at First Baptist High Point, I didn't know where I was headed that fall. I thought, well, I got the summer to figure it out. That's enough time, right? The summer to figure it out. Well, by the uh, end of July, I had uh, applied to the Divinity School and uh, was determined that I was headed back to Garden Web to attend the Divinity School. And my home church and I started having a a conversation, and I later uh, came to serve there as minister of students at my home church, First Baptist East Flat Rock. Well, one of the most exciting things, there's several exciting things we did during my three and a half years there, but one of the most uh, phenomenal things that I did was partnered with a church that I had some strong connections with in Winston-Salem called College Park Baptist Church. 
Uh, my mentor and youth minister himself, Raymond Smith, is now a pastor there and been there many years. But they had a history of building a house in a week. And they invited us, and he knew that I was new there at East Florida. He said, why don't you come up to Kentucky with us and help us build this house in a week? Now, they had done this for a few years. And the first time they did this, they did it in two weeks, you know, building a house in two weeks. That, you know. But now they boiled it down to how they could do it in a week. And I almost didn't believe it, to be honest. When, when I said, you know, we had about 20-something youth go, Renee was able to go on this. And I think it was before we were married. Yes, it was before we were married. And so we went. And the foundation had been laid the week prior to us being there. But when we got there, we got there Sunday evening to the hotel where we were staying, and then Monday morning we started on the construction site. When we arrived, the foundation was there. Uh, the block had been laid, it was dry, it was ready to put the wood slats and the floor down. In the first two hours we were there, the floor went down. By lunch that day, the walls were up. Before we left, about 7, 7.30 that night, and it was a long day, we were nailing plywood on the roof of that house. Now, this wasn't a huge house, but it was about a three-bedroom. I can't remember if it was one or two-bath house. But by the time we left, the end of the first day, we were nailing plywood on the roof of that house. There were over 100 people on the work site. As soon as the floor went down, those first two hours, there were people under the house laying insulation, drilling holes for plumbing, electrical work. All that was being done simultaneously that people were off the sides of the house putting together the walls. The walls would go up in just a few minutes, nail in, boom, the next wall would go up, nail it in. And so uh, everybody knew their place and knew their job. So we had the hammers, we had the nail, we had the people doing that. We had the people off to the side uh, preparing food that day for lunch. It was several, we had a tent with a refrigerator under it, and just a major, major operation. But what was amazing is that by Thursday night of that week, we were moving furniture into the house. And on Friday, when we came back, we just simply tied up some loose ends in the house, put in some lighting fixtures, and did some final things in the house. And we moved that family in with food in their cabinets on Friday afternoon before we headed back uh, to our homes, whether Winston or East Flat Rock. And seeing what happened that week was absolutely amazing and phenomenal. Everybody that was there and a part of that week had their place. We had plumbers, we had electricians, we had, uh, you know, the construction people, we had the, all the permits, all that stuff was handled ahead of time. But it was absolutely amazing to see what had happened. People coming together with different backgrounds, with different skill sets, and everybody having their place. For those who couldn't be on the work site and be out in the heat, the year ahead of time, because this didn't happen in a week, as you might imagine, but a year preceding this, there was a large 18-wheeler trailer that stayed out in this church's parking lot in Winston-Salem, and they were collecting furniture throughout the year, uh, different furniture for, for children's rooms, for living rooms, not knowing exactly what the family would need. So when um, we, we came up there, we, we, or a few weeks ahead, we found out who the family was, their ages, and what they needed. We would call back to Winston and say, this is what we need out of that trailer. So they would pick the things that were needed specifically for this family, and then we were able to move them in with exactly what they needed that week. But it was absolutely, absolutely amazing to watch. There were nurses on site uh, for the people who may get injured, which... Happened to be Renee at, at one point, but um, but uh, there were people on site. <laughs> 
There were people on site to help with whatever may come up. It was absolutely amazing to see the teamwork, to see the intergenerational ministry that was taking place from some older children to youth to young adults uh, to those that were on up uh, in age as well. But absolutely amazing. Uh, College Park Baptist Church in Winston to date has built 26 houses since 1989 in Kentucky. It's absolutely, absolutely incredible. Now they're building houses in Winston over the last few years, and they do it over the course of a summer through Habitat for Humanity. When we think about building this morning, you're like, well, okay, Keith, where, this is a great story, but where are you going with all this? When we think about building this morning, I'm not suggesting any new physical building. This church has wonderful facilities. I'm speaking this morning about building God's kingdom. Are we seeing people come to know Jesus and fall in love with him and grow in their relationship with him? And after that, are we seeing them find their place of ministry that fits them, how the Lord has gifted them and wired them, or people utilizing the gifts that the Lord has placed within them? The kingdom of God will not be built, again, by nice buildings. It will not be built by great programs, great-looking advertising. It's not going to be built, although it certainly helps to have great oratory from this pulpit. It will not be built by excellence in the choir, although we have that. It is not going to be built by high-pressure evangelism, by vast sums of money, by well-organized mission opportunities. All these things are great. And Bowling Springs has many of these things. But it is going to be built by four things that I want to mention this morning. This is not an all-inclusive list, but it's some things that the Lord impressed upon my heart this week. How's it coming over there, guys? Getting there. All right. We got some intergenerational ministry going on right over here this morning. So, um, one of the things that will help build Bowling Springs Baptist Church the way that God would have us to is the Holy Spirit living in and through the congregation or the members, the individuals that make up Bowling Springs Baptist Church. Zechariah 4 6 reads like this out of the New International Version. He said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord God Almighty. The New Living Translation reads this verse this way. It says, Not by force, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven. Prayer and personal time of devotion is, important, is an important role in hearing and responding to the spirit. And let me propose this this morning, church. It's much easier to work on a physical project. It's much easier to attend a committee meeting and to make decisions and to talk things through sometimes than it is to attend to our own spiritual formation. We've got the committee meetings down. We've got the, the planning and the coordination down if we really put our heads to it and, and our hearts and minds to it. We can do those things, and we know how to do those things. But what's harder and sometimes much more murkier or, or convoluted, not, 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 that's not the right word, what's sometimes more difficult to discern is the discipline of, of simply spending time in prayer and Bible study and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak in and through us to build His kingdom. It's much easier at times to be a maintenance church than it is a missional church. Focusing on spiritual formation will lead to a greater outward focus. And this will come as we continue to fix our eyes on Him and as we seek to love Him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. 
If we seek to, to build the church strictly in our own power, there is a lot that we can do. We have gifted and talented people in this church with, with musicians, with the, the people, with you. Uh, we have, I mean, I'm learning that as I'm having these conversations. This church is gifted and talented in many, many ways. If we simply depend on our own strength, that's what we're going to get, what you and I can do. If we depend upon the ways that God has gifted us and trusting these gifts to him with the spirit of willingness and openness, saying, Father, I am yours, use me. This church, the potential is absolutely phenomenal. Paul wrote in Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Amen? Now to him, let me read it again, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. As your new pastor, I am incredibly excited as I continue to learn and discover more about how you are gifted and how the gifts that you have. But at the end of the day, again, we'll only accomplish what we can do. But let us ask God to bless us and to reveal his will and his way as we seek to follow him and build his kingdom. Again, Psalm 127, 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Second point that I, wanted to be, that I wanted to mention this morning is not only will it be built by the Holy Spirit, but again, it will also be built by the people of Boiling Springs Baptist Church, current and future church, discovering and allowing God to use them in their area of giftedness. Many of you have done spiritual gift inventories in the past. We'll be doing those again in the coming weeks or months ahead. Uh, taking a deeper look at that, one of the people who I uh, think of uh, most when I think of that is, is Dr. Cullinan. She was great at instilling that in her students at Gardner-Webb, and I appreciate that, uh, Dr. Cullinan. And I hope that in the coming weeks and months ahead, if you have not done one in some time, that you have and are willing to do a spiritual gift inventory. And not only spiritual gifts, but God has also given you certain talents and abilities that can be used for the building of his kingdom. And God desires to use those in you. Romans 12, 6, out of the New Living Translation says, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. There are certain things, as I've spent some time with some of you already in the last month, there are certain things that many of you do that I simply cannot and should not attempt to do. And it's, it's great to see how God uses us uh, in our areas of giftedness. Some of you who have uh, played sports or been involved in sports, I'm assuming, by, guys, by the sound over there, that things are pretty coming along pretty good. All right. All right, well, hang on to that, and we'll bring it up here in just in a few, in a few minutes, okay? Um, but there's something called a sweet spot in sports. Now, if you're, if you're a baseball player, there's a sweet spot on the bat. If you want to hit the ball effectively, and you, you can do so with little effort if you hit it in the sweet spot. If you play tennis, which some of you do, there's a sweet spot in the, in the tennis racket where if you hit the ball, you don't have to hit it as hard as if you would if you hit it in another area of the racket. I guess Wesley should be the one. Would, are you, would you agree with that, Wesley? Okay, he's shaking his head. Um, but there's a sweet spot in the tennis racket. On a golf club, there's a sweet spot. If you hit it in this one spot on the golf club, and you don't have to hit it as hard if you hit it in that sweet spot. The ball will go exactly where you want it to. I don't know what that's like because I haven't experienced that. Um, but all of us, I believe, have a ministry sweet spot to where it is a joy and a privilege and an honor 
to minister the way that God has gifted us to minister. And when we do so, we're not tired. We're not exhausted. We're not doing it out of obligation, but we're doing it because this is the way God has gifted us. And when we're serving in this way, whether it's handing out a bulletin or greeting someone in the parking lot or serving someone, doing some administrative duties or serving as a deacon, visiting in the hospital, uh, helping someone repair an item in their home, whatever it may be, when you do that, you feel the presence of God. And it doesn't matter how... Uh, hard or the situation may be. God has gifted you to do that. And when you're doing it, you're serving him at your sweet spot. And it is my hope and prayer that as we move forward in ministry, as we discover more about our spiritual giftedness and remind ourselves of the, of the abilities and the talents and experiences, because all those things go into shape who we are, as we remind ourselves of these things, it is my hope and prayer that in the coming months, as we seek to build God, God's kingdom here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church, that you and I and all of us in this place today and the future church will be serving in our sweet spot. So not only the Holy Spirit, not only is, is he at the forefront of all of this, but understanding our spiritual giftedness, the next thing I would like to share with you is intergenerational ministry. It takes us all. Some of the churches today that, have, that are strictly young churches are finding this out, some the hard way, but it takes all ages. Sure, we, there are times that we need age-appropriate classes and opportunities here in our church. We had that this last week with Bible school. We divided them up into certain age groups. Uh, we certainly don't need preschoolers with sixth graders learning the same way in a class, but there are times when age-appropriate classes are, are good. But there's also a time in the life of a church and many opportunities where intergenerational ministry is so vital and it's so important. This morning, I know for a fact, we have families here, uh, three and maybe even four generations some of you sitting on the same pew, maybe some of you sitting around different places in the sanctuary, but these relationships are important. And the way that our older people interact with the younger people and feel valued and a sense of worth and importance is great. I think about that in, in my own church back at First Baptist East Flat Rock. There were people that I could name. Now, I didn't know all the details about these older people and their lives, but the way I saw them serve, the way I saw them love Jesus had an impact on me as a kid. And had I always been away from uh, congregational life, from, from the different generations, I would have never seen that. So intergenerational is one of the ways that we can build the kingdom here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. The last thing I'd like to mention this morning is the kingdom of God here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church can be built by a willingness to move forward with a spirit of innovation. Let me repeat that. It can be built by a willingness to move forward with a spirit of innovation. Let us be careful not to allow the institution of church to distract us from innovation. As we try and experiment with new ministries, sometimes we will win and sometimes we will learn. Amen? Traditions are good and provide stability in the midst of an ever-changing culture, but when our traditions become more important than trying new things to reach people, the institution of church has prevailed over innovation. There is security in the known and comfortable, but we all know that change is necessary for health and growth. Mark Twain is attributed to the quote that says, the only person that likes change is a wet baby. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that, but it's somewhat true. I'm 40 years old and somewhat young. Now I'm, I'm trying to figure out what category I fit in. Am I still the young adult? Uh, I, I don't know, but um, Renee should go ahead and know. <laughs> uh, thanks, honey. <laughs> um, but 
you know, as, as much as I think I'm open and like change, there are certain things that I would rather not change. Uh, nevertheless, let us, let you and I, as we move forward in thinking about building the kingdom, be open to innovation and be open to the things that God would have us to do. In July and August, one of the things that I have felt led and had began having some conversations with many of you, sometimes personally and sometimes in small groups, one of the things that I feel like we need to begin working on as a church uh, is in the area of hospitality. And let me, let me preface this. Many of you have been incredibly hospitable to Renee and I in uh, inviting us into your homes and in offering gifts and things during the week, and I am in incredibly grateful for that. It has been a great help in the midst of this transition for our family. But what I mean by hospitality is uh, the way we greet new people who come into Bowling Springs Baptist Church. Do they leave feeling um, valued and respected and really that we have a strong desire to get to know them? Uh, we're going to be talking about ways to do that. We're going to be talking about uh, some things that we can improve. For instance, when we come into our parking lot right now, uh, as a new family, when, when we arrive here, we know kind of where to go because you've showed us that. But as a new family coming into this campus with children, there's no clear signage about which side of the church to go. This is a large church and two, two clear sides to go to. Well, if you come in with children, how do you know which side to go to? We're going to look at signage. We're going to look at the way we greet our guests. We're going to look at the way we follow up with them. We're going to look at a lot of things that relate uh, to this area of hospitality. Uh, there's a lot of scriptures that go along with this as well. And so as we move into July and as we move into August, we're going to be looking at some of those things. Some of those things that we're talking about, we're already doing. And there are some things that I feel and others feel that we can do to improve the way we relate with and make people who are first-time guests on our campus feel welcome and feel included in the life of the church. Making others feel generally welcome when they come to Bowling Springs Baptist Church. And we'll look at that as we move forward. As we think about what it takes to lay a good foundation for ministry, you may think, uh, you may think of others. I mentioned four this morning. We've looked at the Spirit and His role in our lives as being the body of Christ. We've looked, number two, at our willingness to serve outside of our giftedness, our spiritual gifts, serving in our sweet spot. What might that be for you? What gives you the greatest joy in serving the Lord Jesus Christ? The third thing we looked at was a, the benefits of intergenerational ministry. And last, we looked at the spirit of innovation, the spirit of being open to doing ministry in new ways that, that may be more effective than some other ways we've done, but not neglecting the ways that are still working, that are still being very effective. And so we're going to be open. I'm going to be leading some conversations. Uh, Wesley's going to be beginning a small group study, uh, July the 12th. Is that right, Wesley? Uh, for a five-week time, and we're going to be going a little bit deeper in this subject of hospitality and what it means to, to, to greet people and what it means to show others hospitality, a, a, a genuine feeling of warmth and acceptance and worth and value. What does that mean and what does that look like in a grand scale? I want to share a brief illustration with you. I would often share with, with another church is that I would hear a lot of the uh, people in uh, the church where I was at say, we're the friendliest little old church. And they were. They were a friendly church. And, um, you know, I would hear that in other churches as well, and I've heard it here. But I would challenge that church, would challenge this church, what people mo want more than a friendly church, because we should be able to experience a friendly church. Any church we go to in Cleveland County should be a friendly church. Should be. What people want more than a friendly church are friends. And there's a difference between being a friendly church and truly investing in other people 
and building and strengthening relationships with people we just simply don't know that well. And so we're going to be unpacking that. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that as we move into July and into August. Jesus, of course, said it best when he said, when he said these words. He said, therefore, if anyone who hears these words of mine and, act, and acts on them is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it's had its foundation on the rock. There are many pieces to the ministry foundation that must be laid to reach people in this community and to help current and new people grow in their relationship with God. And one of the first pieces, again, that we'll look at is this area of hospitality. Will you join me to help strengthen the kingdom, help strengthen the body of Boiling Springs Baptist Church by establishing a good foundation? Will you join with others, younger and older, in laying this stronger foundation with this spirit of dependency that, Father, we know you've gifted us, but we can't do this without you. He will do immeasurably more above all that we ask or think or imagine. When we think about the giftedness here and depending upon his spirit in leading us in that direction, I get excited thinking about it. I don't know if you can see me up here, if you can, if you can tell it, but I get excited thinking about it. The limit, I mean, it is just beyond imagination what we can do together with our gifts and talents and entrusting them to him to use them for his glory. It's exciting. Will you join me? Let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful for what you're doing in this place, for what you're going to do. Lord, you have gifted us in many ways, and we're so grateful for that. Father, remind us that we all have a sweet spot. We all have a place of service that just gives us great joy. Lord, if there are those here today that are unsure of what that sweet spot is, I pray that in the coming days they will discover what that is and join you and others in, the, in building the kingdom here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we sing today, we have something, a presentation that needs to be made. Aiden, can you bring this up here? All right. This will be up front for uh, the people to come and, and, and see. And you guys did a pretty good job on this. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Jay and Lee, for helping with this. This is a monster truck is what this is. All right. Uh, it's got they've equipped with stickers and everything on this. So I'll lay it up here on the communion table, and you guys are welcome to come by and I need to grab something. And look at this after the service this morning. If you are here today and you are a guest and you are uh, wanting to talk with us more about church membership or maybe wanting to join this morning, you are invited and welcome to do that during our time of invitation. If the Lord is speaking to your heart, maybe you need to pray. You're welcome to pray where you are. The altar is certainly open for you to come and to pray as well. But let's stand and sing together. Hymn 296, Jesus is Lord of all, 296.
remain standing. I just want to make a quick announcement this morning. I'm going to ask Emily and Amy to come up here with, or ask Emily to come up here with me. Mom can come too if Emily would like that. But Emily has come up this morning professing her faith in Jesus and uh, declaring her intentions that she would like to be baptized. And so we are excited for you, Emily. We rejoice with this. And I've told her that she can talk with her mom and that we can do that here in the sanctuary in our baptismal, or we do have a river river baptism coming up uh, later in August. And so I'm going to let you guys talk more about that. But Emily and, 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 and Amy, right? Amy? Heather, sorry. I'm sorry. But we're going to let you guys talk more about that. But we are excited for you. And I know the church is excited for you too. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so I'm sure they'll want to say a word to you this morning as well. But um, we're happy for you. And we'll be praying for you, okay? All right. Well, let's close now on the word of benediction. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more above all that we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Amen. service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.